This is part two of Camden Cast, episode nine, recorded on August the 4th, 2011. I'm your host, Mark Brown. I was joined by Andrew Gibson and from BluebirdBanter.com. Johnny G, we had a great discussion about the Toronto Blue Jays, who are about to face the Orioles in a three-game series this weekend. Part two resumes right where part one left off, so please enjoy. That's cool because we had sort of a similar um, connection, local connection being made that was very popular when the Orioles put the word Baltimore back on their away jerseys and they put the Maryland flag on their sh- on their shoulder patches. Mm. And I know that was kind of a, a big deal. It was, it was a big deal around here because, you know, all the territorial Baltimore people were feeling like, oh, the team's actually not embarrassed to be from Baltimore anymore. It's exciting. Well, that's, that's cool. It's cool that other teams are doing the same sort of thing to try to make a connection with their local fan base, especially because, you know, the Blue Jays are better than the Orioles, but I wouldn't call them a good team yet. No, they're, not, they're, to, not to offend you. <laughs> no, they're, they're definitely a work in progress. They've got a lot of young pieces, and, and there is a clear direction of the team. I mean, we've gone from having, according to like Ken Rosenthal and, and Baseball America and all those rating systems, having one of the worst farm systems in the big leagues three years ago to we're basically in the top four that whenever somebody comes up with a ranking, the Jays are top four. And there was a lot of talk after this draft that the Jays are going to be number two, just basically because the Royals are so far ahead of everybody with, with their prospects that they have, that it's uh, almost impossible to close that gap at that point until some of those prospects graduate to the big leagues. And on Camden chat, we had a joke when Matt Wieters came up to the big leagues, somebody said that he would lead us to the promised land, also known as slightly ahead of the Blue Jays. And um, <laughs> that seems like the promised land is looking farther and farther away if the Blue Jays are actually making steps to improve. So we're we're going to be farther off. Hey, that's why it's the American League East yeah. and not the National League Central. That's true. Doesn't it, doesn't it suck playing in this division? Or even the American League Central. Going into today, the whole division had a negative run differential. <laughs> Although the Royals are probably dragging the whole thing down. Well, yeah, but even there. division leader Detroit has negative seven run differential, even though there are seven games over 500. They have so many good players. How are they negative seven? I don't know, but they are. It's it's uh. It's, Detroit started really poorly too, so. Well, then, yeah. well, yeah, they had to put up with the Orioles first week of the season. That was when we were on fire. <laughs> shooting the Kool-Aid straight to our eyeballs. We were. We really had it just right <laughs> right in there. But so yeah, how many how many divisions do you think Toronto would be like leading if you were uh if you were in a different different division? I I I, I it's it's really hard to say because I, I've been a proponent a long time of a more balanced schedule. I know a lot of people want realignment um to, to try to get away from the beast of the AL East, but uh I, I, I I think if there's a lot of talk about expanding the playoffs, and if the playoffs do get expanded uh, to possibly add another team or another two teams, however they want to work it, um, I, I think the Jays are going to be right in the mix for one of those one of those playoff spots. And I think in any other any other division, the Jays would be in contention to lead the division, playing some of the other teams from the Central or the West um, more than obviously the Yankees, the 
the Rays and 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 uh, the Red Sox and even the even the Orioles this year. I know last year we kind of beat up on you guys, but la- uh, this year this yeah, year well, a, well the, the Orioles yeah. were like <laughs> won one game in Canada or something like that the whole year. It was pretty disgusting. I I, I know we had uh, I think you guys had swept us one series and basically all the other series. I, I, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Like yeah, was, we were three and fifteen last year. Yeah, and it was all one series right after Brock Showalter showed up. The Orioles swept the Blue Jays, and that was sort of a weird, like, yeah, things are different. We can actually beat Toronto, <laughs> and then there was another series a few weeks later, and we got swept again. Not even Buck could change that. <laughs> Although I think it's fair to say the Buck honeymoon is kind of um, lost some luster in Baltimore this year, anyway. So on that, how do you feel about John Farrell, the Blue Jays' new manager? I've had my ups and downs with Farrell so far this year. Um, I, I've been trying to give him a little bit more leeway as it is his first time managing. Uh, but we were first week of the season, and I ended up having to write a very opinionated post about uh, we had Yunal Escobar, who's our who's our shortstop, slid headfirst into third base right into somebody's knee. And I can't remember who we were playing or who he slid into, but headfirst into somebody's knee. And uh, it looked bad. He was down. He couldn't get up. They came out and did some tests on the field right away, like follow the finger with your eyes and everything like that. And uh, they ended up leaving him in the game, which I was, okay, that's fine. They came out and did some tests. The very next half inning, he was in the field and exhibiting, I'm no doctor, but exhibiting clear signs of, of a concussion. Like every symptom you could ever hear of, he was like swaying back and forth. He, at one point, he even started hitting himself hitting himself in the head with his hand oh. and then looking at his hand he looked like he was about to throw up it was the first time i was physically like I, I felt ill watching what was going on on the tv which is saying something since i'm a fan of the leafs for for hockey but i it it was it was absolutely disgusting to watch and then the cameras cut to the dugout and you saw Farrell sitting on the bench, and you saw the trainer, uh, George Poulos, who's our, our head trainer, come over and whisper something to his ears. And you see his eyes dart out to the field, and I go, okay, it was just brought to his attention. They're going to go out and pull him out because obviously he, something's wrong. Um, but no, they proceed to leave him out there for the entire half inning. And so the Jays get up to bat the next inning. The first two batters go down on three pitches, and you see Farrell talking to Snyder, and you can read his lips on television going, slow it down, slow it down, because they had brought Escobar back into the clubhouse, and they were hoping to get him back out into the game. Wow. See, and I, I was, I was livid. I was absolutely livid. It was a first week of the season. Escobar's supposed to be one of our star players, why would you ever possibly even risk something concussion? Especially when Major League Baseball's taken a specific interest in concussions, creating the new seven-day DL in the offseason. So did they put him on that list after that game, or did they uh, uh, he, 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 uh, They ended up putting him on the list after the game, so he had to go see a specific uh, uh, a third-party specialist about the concussion, and he ended up coming back, and, and luckily everything was fine. But I was I was really angry at that moment, saying... Um, I don't care if he is a new manager. He should. Somebody should know better. Um, so you're you're telling me one of your star middle infielders got a concussion, <laughs> went on the concussion list, and then he came back and has had a good season. Yeah, yeah, he's hitting over 300. He's uh. That's that's so weird. That's that's really. Strange. Yeah. See, we've ha- we've had Ryan Roberts on the concussion list. What was it? May? I. It's been so long. I'm starting to and forget he what he looks like. Yeah, and uh, well, basically, at the end of last season, Brian Roberts supposedly, after he struck out, he was frustrated, 
and he uh, he hit himself in the head with his bat mm. and gave himself a concussion. And so he he missed the last I think series of last season because he had headaches. And it was this this big mystery like oh why isn't Brian Roberts playing? And one of our Camden Chad contributors actually thought like there was some conspiracy they were covering up and Brian Roberts was going to die or something that that was that was weird <laughs> but uh, um, wow I don't remember oh that. yeah Duck was going crazy about it but anyway um, so then this year you know he we knew he had those issues at the end of last season and uh, he, he Brian Roberts was sliding headfirst into first base and he like smacked his face on the dirt or something or on the base I don't know but he gave himself another concussion and uh, doing that. And so, you know, that was the second one in less than a year. And he's been having, you know, headaches when he wakes up and even when he's not doing physical activity off and on ever since. And uh, I don't even think he's resumed baseball activities or even really anything physical yet. So I believe he did. But then he, the then he, un, he unresumed them. Yeah. So he's done. He's never coming back. Uh-huh. It's, it's just weird to me that. A, a team because we saw in Minnesota Justin Marneau went through the same concussion problems and, and that he he got that concussion when he was playing Toronto too. Oh well, I it, was, know uh, it was a collision with him and Lyle Overbay at first base. But you know he's been like toast ever since then, and it's it's strange that Escobar seems to bounce back from that. Yeah, I, and- I haven't heard a lot about guys bouncing back from concussions well maybe that was only his first one or it was not a repeat thing so i mean i don't know what brian roberts concussion history was but that one at the end of last year probably wasn't the first uh first time of the rodeo for him i would guess no concussions are really a tricky thing and we see it a lot more in hockey obviously than baseball but um there there's once you have one concussion it it, it makes it it seems that you're more um in, in danger of having more and they get more severe as they go along, it seems. It's pretty scary stuff what you hear. I'm more with football players, I would say, than, than baseball with some of that. But, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting to see the kind of emerging opinion on it. And it's it's good to see baseball taking it seriously. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, Escobar is okay. Speaking of him, that was another Alex Anthopoulos wizard trade we kind of couldn't believe uh, here in Baltimore. He seems very good at finding players that are very, very talented and for whatever reason have worn out their welcome in other places. Yeah. Um, places that don't value those players appropriately. I know there's been talk about Atlanta and their problems with on-base percentage and St. Louis and their whole screwed-up deal with Rasmus and his father and Tony La Russa and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Pretty white players. Uh, I wonder how many players Larusa has to run out of town before St. Louis gets the idea. Or how many drunken driving charges he has to get before he uh, gets run out of town, yep. I guess, would mm. be another question. But uh, it, it's interesting that that seems to be one of the things uh, the Blue Jays are looking for, specifically if a player has been soured on by his organization but is a good young player, they seem more than happy to snap them up as quick as can be yeah just it, it seems that it's targeting I, I saw one uh and now i'm not a football fan but um i saw one quote on 
on Twitter at some point about how the Jays are looking more like uh, the Raiders of old, where basically give us all your your good unwanted players that have caused trouble for everybody, and we'll take them on, and and uh, you can just go about your merry way. Like uh, we heard stories from uh, from Atlanta about um, how Chipper Jones basically didn't get along with Yunel Escobar at all, and uh, I'm more than happy to take him off their hands to get him away from Chipper Jones because I can't stand that guy, especially after the comments he made about Canada. But uh, same sort of thing in Ras in St. Louis with Rasmus. It, it just seems strange. Like I, I I can't imagine how you can have. It makes a little bit more sense in Atlanta, but how you can have a manager run a cost-controlled star potential player out of town? Like you have to, Rasmus has to be worth more to St. Louis than than Tony Larusa. There's just like how many how many extra wins can a manager get you a year? Wow. Yeah. You know that's pretty much what we thought of that trade too. And uh, hey, you know what? Lucky for you guys, you have a general manager who can take advantage of that kind <laughs> of stuff. And like you know prospects and relievers that are not terrible to just kind of throw in as filler in those trades like i mean come on andrew there's nobody the orioles could trade to make that trade happen like i don't think the orioles could have made that trade if they wanted to well they could have but they would have to be of a totally different mindset than what they're currently at because i mean what do you think st louis would have taken like jeremy guthrie jim johnson and felix pa for rasmus i don't think hey. so all to be I know, fair, they took care of Court Patterson. Right. All I know is they took those guys. That's that's a good point. Guthrie's a better bet than Edwin Jackson. That's Jim Johnson is a better bet than uh, gosh, this this guy Zepchinski. Scrabble. 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 Scrabble is better. Um, Corey Patterson's probably better than Felix PA, but still. Well, they're both failed Cubs prospects, which we know Andy <laughs> McPhail loves anyway. So. Yeah, he must hate. Cardinals prospects because of the Cubs Cardinals rivalry. That 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 explains it. That I've figured it out. Yeah, we're gonna have <laughs> to uh, stop the presses on that one. So yeah, we're getting close to our kind of stop time. But there's one thing, uh, the one other thing we wanted to ask Johnny while he's here. Uh, how is our old friend Adam Lowen doing? Might we actually see him in the big leagues? Uh, I I think it's possible we may see him in the big leagues one day. But I don't think it'll be with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Lowen's uh, done very well, considering he's he just turned into a pro hitter after years of being a pitcher. Um, he he's gone through our minor league system, and currently he's sitting in in AAA uh, in Vegas, putting up decent numbers. Um, the problem with that, of course, is that it is Vegas, and it's the Pacific Coast League, where it's a notoriously hitter friendly league. Um, so the 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 major league comparables are. Uh, are, are, are not exactly close to that. Uh, there's there's a reason we keep, the Jays keep a lot of their top prospects out of AAA, and it's to keep them away from a, a lot of the hitter-friendly parks that are there. Um, so Lowen's done very well. I don't want to take anything away from the guy, because he, he has done very, very well. But I look at our outfield, or, na- or the Jays' current outfield, and we have Batista in right field, we have Colby Rasmus in center, and in left field, presumably we'll have Travis Snyder going forward if we can ever get it together and not turn into the next Brandon Wood. Uh, but currently we have Eric Thames, who was hitting better than Lowen all the way through the system as well. So I, I, I look at that, and I don't see much room for Lowen to break in. So I, I do want the guy to succeed. Obviously, it, it's a feel-good story, and um, but the odds are against him, and the, the time is against him as well. Um, he is, I believe he just turned 27 this year. Um, 
and he's at AAA, and he's, like I said, he is doing well, but uh, there's there's just really no spot for him. And uh, going into last year, he was exposed to the Rule 5 draft, I mean, he wasn't picked up by anybody, uh, because, of course, with the Rule 5 draft, if you pick him up, that you have to put him on the 25-man roster. Uh, but another year or two, I, and I think I think he will be, ex- uh, somebody will snatch him up, even if it's just the Royals. Um, yeah, well, if they see him hitting in AAA, you'd figure somebody might want to take a flyer on that kind of player. Of course, that somebody's he's... not going to be any team like the Orioles. Who do we even pick last year, Andrew? It was like... It, in the Rule 5 draft? Yeah, somebody like from Single A or something. Maybe that was the year uh, before. It was just... Man, we had somebody in spring training from the Brewers this year. I, his name escapes me. Well, the last guy I remember was Randor Beard, who did not make it through the full season. See, the Orioles think. took Adrian Rosario from the Brewers, and I swear his highest level played in, yeah, it's, it's high A. Yeah. And he's back in the Milwaukee system, because obviously the Orioles didn't take a guy from single A and put him in the major <laughs> leagues. Meanwhile, the Orioles lost a guy named Pedro Beato, who I think is not doing terrible uh, for the Mets this year. So that was, uh, yep. you know, poor poor prospect evaluation by the Orioles, but we're uh, we're used to that. Yeah, Pedro Beato oh. has turned 45.1 innings for the Mets. He has a 3.38 ERA. I would still call that a pretty good surprise. Yeah. I would not have guessed that Beato would have actually made it this far in the majors. But we could have had him instead of Pedro Viola, so that's... Uh, or Pedro Florimond, oh, or boy. Vlad Guerrero. So yeah, Johnny, we don't want to bore you with our Orioles grouse again. We're about uh, at the end of our time anyway, so we can we can bring things to a close. I have to say, notwithstanding uh, 1989 and the 1993 All-Star Game, if a team in the AL East has to win, it's not Baltimore. It might as well be the Blue Jays at this point, just because... It's been the longest since they were successful, other than those other teams. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Good luck to our friends from up north, and even if they have non-Canadian friends, uh, fans, good luck to good luck to wherever they are. So, yes, thank you for joining us, Johnny. I hope you've had a good time. I hope everybody who's been listening has had a good time. I personally have had a good time. I've had a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. So, for Johnny G from BluebirdBanter.com, you can check out his podcast and other contributions on that site. And also, my friend Andrew Gibson, I am Mark Brown. This is Camden Cast, and we're out.